Welcome to 51 First Dates. I'm Liza. And I'm Kimmy. And we are doing an experiment. And talking about dating. And love. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Cheers. Cheers. Hi, everybody. I'm Liza. And I'm Kimmy. And we are joined again, back by popular demand, by Olivia. Thank you for being here, Olivia. Hey guys, how's it going? It's good. I couldn't even like say anything normally or get out our normal intro because I was just like, wait, Olivia's here and everyone must know now. <laughs> I am. It's happy. I'm happy to be here. It's nice to be We're back so- seeing your faces on Zoom. We're so happy to have you back. Thrilled to hear about your your quarantine experience. Sure. Um, and all things related to it. Uh, I feel like Oh, also, this is 51 First Dates. Yeah, <laughs> I messed that up. Hi, everybody. No, you didn't <laughs> at all. I'm just, um, we're a dating podcast. If you're <laughs> That's new, really, I've welcome. really boiled it down. <laughs> if you've been here for a while, thank you so much. You keep us going. If you would like to support us, you know where to find us at 51 First Dates Pod on social and join our secret Facebook group. Just search 51 First Dates Podcast Secret Group and rate, subscribe, review. There, we took care of the business and now we can have fun. Olivia, <laughs> uh, like we're really we're really um crushing it cutting it down we will plug more things later we'll plug the patreon we'll plug oh yeah other stuff yeah, yeah. Um, yeah but uh how are you tell us about your core we're yeah. gonna talk well we're gonna talk quarantine dating but just tell us you know about your core generally core lifestyle um <laughs> i mean you know in the grand scheme of of the world i'm i'm good um, I spent most of core, you guys know, I normally live in New York. Obviously that was a challenging place to be, um, when it all first started. So I spent most of quarantine, um, up in like New England where, where I grew up and where my family still lives. Um, and so it was like, it was so I, 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 I want to like preface everything I'm saying in this podcast by realizing that like um i recognize that like my quarantine experience has been like pleasant and nice you know and i've been very lucky and that like for a lot of people this has been like an extremely trying and challenging time so like i i i feel even weird like talking about sort of what i've been doing just given everything horrible going on um so that out of the way um i was in massachusetts where i where i grew up and i was with my whole family um, all of my like sisters came home who don't normally live with my parents, obviously, as they are also adults. Um, <laughs> so they all came back to my parents' house and we were all there from probably like March through mid-June, maybe early June. Um, and it was like, obviously there was the, you know, weirdness and stress and anxiety of like, you know, not knowing what's going to happen and not seeing anyone besides ourselves and, you know, everything everyone was going through, um, but it was also like, I feel really, really lucky that I got this like very unexpected time to hang out with my family as adults. Like I know that would never have happened otherwise. And like, I feel like unless, you know, there's a second wave in November, like I feel like this probably won't happen again. So like in some ways it was like a very like cherished time with all of them, I have to say. Yeah, that's such a nice thought I I so I've been apart from my family during this time and I almost you know I guess I could have flown back I was just a chicken but I was kind of worried about feeling overly like cramped with my family or I feel like I go home for Christmas and it's a week and then we're fighting you know and I was worried but thinking about it as this time you just as a whole family that you wouldn't have otherwise is really special that sounds nice yeah it was that's what my boyfriend, Governor Andrew Cuomo, talked about a lot in his briefings, even when things were really bad in New York, even when they were at their worst. He was so he always did a cute slide that was like the beautiful moments. And he talked about like having dinner with his kids and like how they couldn't wait to leave. But he was like, but I got him. I trapped him. You know, it's like, like it is a thing where whatever, as much as everything about this has been horrible, <laughs> there are these like little things that poke through as kind of like, uh, you know, blessings in this time that sounded very not me I've never said the word blessings wow. first blessings yeah. ever on this podcast at least like, from our mouths. who am I that came out of my mouth and I was like what not no. not my personal brand uh but you know what I mean 
Cora's made us different. We're counting our blessings now. <laughs> yeah, I full do, on. I do feel much more um, grateful. Just, I feel like it's super cheesy. But yes, especially in the, I mean, things are still exploding in California, but when things were so shut down and it was so scary and no one had ventured out yet and I was like pretty alone and having this little routine every day, I would go on my walk, I would do my work, you know, I, I don't know, I feel like it just, it was like hedonic adaptation, like, which is, or a version of that in my happiness class, which I was shouting out, we learned about that as like, even when that's, the thing where you might reach a certain level of success or money and then you get used to that and then it doesn't make you as happy anymore. This was kind of the opposite. It was I got so accustomed to not going on fancy vacations, like being in my tiny, my medium apartment and just being grateful for that space, like literally being like, this is so much bigger than my New York apartment. I'm grateful to be in LA or whatever it was. And it's again, who am I being, you know, not a giant cynic, but I do feel like I have this newfound sense of gratitude for just like being healthy and yeah having people around me who are healthy as well and and then you know with everything else going on in the world too just like a newfound I don't know appreciation but that's the wrong word but just like things have been very easy in my life as much as there have been moments that have been very hard as like a white lady and that's been a really interesting thing to think about during this time as well yeah those are my feelings um <laughs> yeah I feel like it's broken us all down to like see really this isn't the right broken us down isn't the right term but like it's stripped away a lot of of noise and I think helped people see a lot of things really clearly like including on a global scale in terms of like Black Lives Matter and trying to be better anti-racist and also like quarantine and global politics but like there's all of this stuff happening and I think it's but a lot of it, I think, is, I don't know, so many things seem so much clearer now than they did before. Like, yeah. I shouldn't feel stressed all the time. Or, like, I've let a lot of problematic thinking just be fine in my head because it's not my, I view it as not my problem. Just stuff like that where I'm like, just there's a kind of a, a clarity that has has been coming in that I'm not, I'm I'm happy for, even though it is tough that it had to happen this way. Yeah. Like, You're it was talking about. Bl- no, it was sorry. Right. I'm just like blessings and clarity. I'm a, I'm gonna leave. No, I think right though. I think like everyone has so much noise normally, and like I think, um, yeah. I just think it feels like everyone, myself included, has like woken up to a certain extent over the past couple months, and like I feel like I'm more able to like think about inwardly like what matters in my own life and like what doesn't really like I don't need to be going out and spending hundreds of dollars on cool New York City dinners every week like that's stupid right like I can I feel like I'm able to like jettison things that don't matter anymore and like hopefully now I'm also able to right like spend more time to your point Liza like thinking about how I can actively be participating in like things that actually do matter like being anti-racist or you know thinking about other causes that I care about like I'm hopeful that all that stuff lasts post-quarantine and that like you know, we can all actually like use this newfound energy and focus like in productive ways. Um, yeah. Like yeah. I think process. this year could be a really pivotal one for our country, um, depending mm-hmm. on how the second half goes, not just the election, but also like if we can. Yeah. The election is a huge part of it, but also just how this pandemic continues to spread rampantly in our country. Like, you know, I know I think that I'm going to just, you know, in a paranoid way caveat all this with uh, especially for you two you were in New York where it was so bad but now things have definitely calmed down and you do it makes sense that you have the reopenings that have happened so far but I think a lot of other parts of the country right now are open in a confusing way I know California has had like eight different iterations of opening they're like the zoos are open the zoos are not open it's like I didn't even know about the zoos like what why why are the indoor bars open this week um they're not right now but I guess I just want to say it's not over. So also, this you wear, know, your mask. wear your mask and <laughs> your be responsible. Mask. And it's 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 really tricky because I'm even I was I mean I was the most paranoid of all my friends at the beginning of this, and I'm still kind of a psycho about it. But I'm a lot more relaxed than I was before because I think now it's we just know a tiny bit more, even though we know so little. Like even around, you know, the protests and people wearing masks, not causing the massive spikes that they could have, you know, so outdoor versus indoor, et cetera, et cetera. 
But I feel myself relaxing because I'm like, well, I've relaxed in these tiny ways and I still haven't gotten it yet. So I just want to just remind us all, especially if you're in California like me or Florida or Texas or states that are having a hard time, even if it's in your bubble or your zip code, honestly, in LA, it's like that. Like it's not, it feels fine. I'm just still like wear your mask, be really careful, take care of yourself and other people. So, yeah. wow, if you're if you, new to this podcast, you're like, what is, what's happening here? I know, right? <laughs> we will talk about dating. But I feel like, like, the theme of 2020 is, like, we are all responsible for each other. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. we live in this community together. So, like, if one, uh, you know, if wearing a mask helps fewer of us to get sick, then wear a fucking mask. Like, if yeah. any of our, if any of our citizens are, like, unfairly treated by people who are supposed to be keeping them safe like that's all of our problem like like, I feel like hopefully we can leave this year being like oh like this is a community like it's a large you know very uh diverse country but we all have to like be in the society together and be responsible for each other like that's yeah 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 Yeah. I hope people can not be dicks about that (laughs) wear a mask yeah no that's always been something that's like been upsetting to me about this country is like how individualistic in nature it is compared to other countries that are just have much more of like a sense of collectivism and i i do hope that like we can move towards like these very fundamental ways of like caring for each other um in in a more permanent way because yeah it's like scary to think that we just like don't give a shit about other people and so like won't be slightly inconvenienced by a mask like that is so horrifying to me that that's like trajectory that we're on right now yeah yeah. Yeah. Especially because uh, there was a great tweet that I like reposted by Brittany Pack, um, Cunningham, which was like the Venn diagram. I'm going to fuck it up. So I'll just post it on 51 First Dates. The Venn diagram of the people who won't wear masks and fuck, I'm going to fuck it up. And the people who want to tell people what to do with their uteruses. Yes. Thank circle. you. Yep. Thank you. Is a circle. <laughs> I for, for a second, I was like, how did it, how was it worried? Yes. And the people who, because it was the day. The Supreme Court um, announcement announcement decision <laughs> came down. Jesus Christ. Um, this is a dating podcast for reasons like this. But anyway, I was like, yep, that Venn diagram being a circle is so real. And that applies to a lot of different things in the country right now, like being in your, your circle. Um, yeah. Well, okay. So. <laughs> so. You're oh, all yeah, here. I'm back in New York now. So. I'm being an adult again. I'm no longer an adult baby in my parents' house. <laughs> I've grown. <laughs> I mean, grown. I'm mostly, I'm back in New York mostly being an adult baby, by which I mean like sometimes waking up at 11 a.m. and eating chips for dinner and stuff. You know. We all have our Give moments. Some grace. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's all good. But we have been doing Consumption Corner. Do you have any, have you had any like media or content books activities that are, has been have been helping you through highbrow lowbrow it's all good yeah pretty lowbrow is really what i've had <laughs> amazing in a big way i watched yeah. all of vanderpump rules in quarantine except for the latest season i had never i had seen like two episodes prior so just i did that before yeah. it was canceled sorry <laughs> it's like um, I guess I watched all like the normal ones that everyone watched, like Tiger King, which now feels like that was centuries ago. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I oh, oh, I watched a really good documentary recent, two really good documentary recos that are very dark, somewhat dark, but are good. One um, is called like Athlete A, which is oh, all yeah. about the like gymnastics, sexual abuse um, scandal. That's really disturbing, but good. And the other one is called Disclosure, which is about like um, media representation of trans people. Love that documentary. I watched uh, that this week too. It was so good. Really, really fun. And Kimmy watched it. I it, think, was my, it was my consumption week, corner yeah. last week. Yeah. And yeah. then, yeah. so Olivia, Amen. have you watched Legendary on HBO yet? No. It is a reality competition of ballroom. So like it was a great set and it's really well produced. And I, that, so I'm repeating myself, but I would recommend it. Yeah. Okay, amazing. Maybe you guys have already recommended this one too then, but have you watched I May Destroy You? I just started last night and I've seen the first two episodes and it was going to be my recommendation for this week. Um, okay. Oh my God. You. It's so good. It's you guys, so- I shit you not. That is literally like what I'm doing after this. Like Jeff and I were like, oh, we've been meaning to watch this. I was like, great, I'll record it and then we're going to watch the first episode. Yeah, so I, I'm excited. Yeah. I feel like we've talked it or mentioned it, but neither of us had watched it. It's Michaela Cole's show on HBO. Um, as a trigger warning, it is about her experience with 
sexual assault. Um, it is not even, I've only seen the first two episodes. So Olivia, please, or, or, and both of you share your thoughts. But I'm just, I knew it was going to be told in a different way, but it's the tone and everything. Like already it's, and I know I, ha- I have three more episodes that are already out now. Um, it's heavy, but the way she tells this story is so, it's just not, it's unlike anything else that I've seen. And yet still so, you know, obviously it's her, it's semi-autobiographical. So I just, I don't know. I'm just incredibly impressed with her. I don't have words, but um, I had heard so much buzz. I was almost like, will I be as into this? But it's very, very good. Yeah. It's I'm excited. I loved her show, Chewing Gum, and uh, it's pretty like broad comedy. Like it's pretty like, but um, it's like it's funny. It's like a she's like you know there's like stuff about her real life, but it's a lot of kind of derpy laughs, and she's like very goofy in it. So I was when I heard that this was like the premise of her next show, I was like, oh, like okay. Um, but I'm really excited to watch it. We'll yeah. we'll report back. Sim, it started as a one woman show. Is this true, Olivia? Do you know this? Or I haven't like researched okay. it really. I think just... like she a lot of people are comparing her to Phoebe Waller Bridge because. Um, of that aspect even though I think they're incredibly different in terms of you know everything but uh yeah and there's there there she does this like not I forget what it's for there's like a very famous like British like speech that is given each year and she has one that's really good wow wow Kimmy one day you'll research what you recommend I haven't seen it yet but I've just been told it's really like an amazing like talk yeah yeah it's cool. Yeah. I saw in one of my like women in film Facebook groups or something, someone posted an article that was also talking about how she, Michaela Cole, turned down a million dollars from Netflix to buy buy the American rights, and then she fired her agency, her American agency, because they were pushing her to take the deal, and she wanted to negotiate to keep some of her copyright. Yeah, of, so like, it's the, in the, the New York Mad property. Article. I highly oh, really? recommend okay. you read that. And I'm forgetting the author wrote the Tandy Newton piece this week too. Oh my God, Kimmy, you're not crediting anyone properly, but enough podcasts have talked about these two articles. So yeah, she was negotiating, negotiating for even one, she got down to 1% of the rights, but Netflix was just like, we don't do that. And then when they were hanging up, they were like, you did the right thing. Like to Michaela, like you should have fought for that, but they, they couldn't do it. But yeah. High she's so badass. That, I'm that just like, content. fuck. She's my. She's yeah. our, She's exactly my age too. I'm like, God, that's so. She's 32. I'm like, fuck, that's cool, and I want to be more like that when I yeah. grow up. We're the yeah. same age. Um, I'm really excited. <laughs> yeah, highly recommend. Um, I mean, for a little trashy, Nine Day Fiance, the other way. It's- <laughs> oh, Hulu is pushing it hard on me, and that's also on my list. Liza. You you think it's gonna be good? It's better than your wildest dreams. Ah! Yeah, it's amazing. I need I need it. I'm out of I'm kind of out of trashy shows. Like I've run through a lot of them, including a lot of different 90 Day Fiance franchises. So yeah. that's right. up next. This is epic. Great. <laughs> Very good. Incredible. Um, yes, reading uh, some heavy reading. I've been doing. I was reading the new Jim Crow most recently. Um, that's a good one. I read, um, oh, really good one, um, Born a Crime, Trevor Noah's uh, biography. If you guys haven't read that, it's so good. I have not. Like, yeah, I would like to. He's I so listened great. to the audiobook like when it came out, but I think I listened to it on a road trip or something. I don't have the best memory. It would be a good like revisit. Yeah, it was. It was it's really, really good. And like feels, it's just interesting. Like it's mostly about his time in South Africa growing up, but it's just like thinking about, South Africa and like apartheid in comparison to like our society now is just like quite interesting to to think through. So mm, that's very that. interesting. Also, I'm just going to yeah. shout out. Um, it's Alex or E. Alex Jung is the writer of interviewer for both the Tandy Newton piece or Tandy. I always don't know how you pronounce her name and the Michaela um, Cole piece in the New York Mag article. So I just want to shout that out because the articles are very good and that was get your credits ready, ready, Kimmy. Okay. Amazing. What are you? Cool. What are your other things? Oh man, I was gonna say I may destroy you because I just started it. I also watched Best in Show this weekend, which if you have not seen, is such a classic and is really fun to watch if you're a Shit's Creek fan. So it's a Christopher Guest movie. It's a parody of a dog show, like the the Philly dog show that happens. Um, it is so funny. 
and um, Catherine O'Hara and Eugene Levy are a couple in it. So it's kind of fun to watch them from Schitt's Creek. Um, to, like, it's fun to go back and watch it. So if, if someone's out there who's never seen Best in Show, I think it was on Netflix, you must see it. <laughs> it's just a really great old parody. Um, what else have I been watching? Hmm. I don't have. Hmm. I. I'll have to. I'll have, come back to me. I um. I have two. They are could not be more different in tone, but they're both on Netflix. <laughs> One is I watched um Twenty Feet from Stardom. Have you guys seen that movie, the documentary about background singers? No. No, but okay. Great. I just yeah. threw it on. It won the Oscar like three or four years ago for best documentary. I kind of threw it on being like, this is nice. Like, it was late at night, uh, whatever. It is so beautiful. Like, it's all these women who have the most unbelievable voices ever and are on, like, all of these songs that every person in America knows and loves. Like, these iconic songs. And you hear their voices and you instantly recognize their voices, but, like, you never think about them, whatever. And the way they do it, like they have as they're interviewing people, they kind of have them sing, too. And they talk about like how they um, how they imbue like meaning into their voice. And it's just like the the music is really beautiful to listen to. It's shot really well and beautifully. And it was just like super. It was so, so, so good. And just like a nice watch when you're like, I don't need anything wildly heavy right now. But it does have a lot of like meaning. It makes you feel a lot of stuff. But like in a slightly better way than the next thing I'm going to talk about, which is the Jeffrey Epstein documentary. Oh, yeah. yeah. It uh, is very rough and obviously, like, I don't even need to trigger warning. It's horrible to watch and whatever, but I, I did watch it. The thing that I thought, I didn't follow the story that closely because it was so disturbing, but the thing that I was most curious about was the kind of, like, legal proceedings. Um and nothing about watching this makes you feel good but there i did have a moment watching it where i was like okay the system failed everyone for a really long time and then the me too movement happened and the system started to work for them in a way in in a small way it is not perfect but like they arrested this other lady this week like they're they're finally really seeking trying to seek justice for those victims especially the southern district court of new york shout out but uh it just was a moment where i was like okay like sometimes these movements take a little time but there can be progress from them and whatever but overall you know i don't have to tell anyone that it's a horrible watch <laughs> yeah yeah i keep meaning to watch it and then i, I yeah. Think. I, I yeah. Weird that's the vibe about it it's like right. i, like, I never this. like oh i really want to learn about this right now like i feel like yeah. i know it but i i think it's probably worth watching to just like understand more deeply like how all this happened yeah yeah um, I'm sorry. I'm trying to get the title of my dark recommendation, which is okay. So I'm gonna just talk about it as I Google because I keep wanting to say it's because it's I know what you do. No, it's the oh, uh, Michelle McNamara. Yeah, the oh, Michelle. I'll be gone in the dark. Sorry, I'll be gone in the dark. I'll, I'll be gone, gone in the dark. There, I keep wanting to yeah. say like because of I may destroy it. This yes. So I am so excited because I'm no, it's so dark, but I find her very interesting and inspiring so if you don't know what I'm talking about this is a documentary about the Golden State Killer and so very much trigger warning um this is you know someone who was now arrested um but Michelle McNamara Patton Oswalt's late wife she and if you listen to like My Favorite Murder and you everyone has heard a lot about this but this documentary looks at kind of her role in it and I don't know it's so deeply disturbing too and I've been watching it with date 13 and like obviously it's not like he was unaware of what women who are attacked in this way or raped or and then killed go through but the way they get into the details about these attacks and like victims who are interviewed um and the, the couples like these poor poor like husbands who were present for the attack but told not to move and bound and like how they're still falling apart all these years later and these women basically he just turned to me and he was like women are so strong like this is it's it's so harrowing and then it's just like these survivors stories who which not everybody survived but that combined with kind of how Michelle McNamara was just so proactive about kind of internet sleuthing in a really 
I don't know. I just dedicating yourself to something like that. Like I'm just, I'm too, I, I don't have that in me. Um, I just found it, you know, there's only two episodes out that I've seen at least. So, but I, I think it's, you know, dark, but also good. And then hop over, watch 90 Day Fiance the other way. Palette cleanser. Exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, all right. We've covered all of the important core topics that are not quarantine dating. Should we talk a little bit about your quarantine dating journey? Sure. Yeah. Give us some updates. Okay. Um, where to start? So, so I think, I don't know, rewind to like before all of core happened. Um, I had been, I'd been out on like a couple of dates with a guy that I had met um, on on Hinge, and we had been maybe on like I don't know like five dates maybe like right before that like two week period where everything was like really feeling like it was gonna fall apart, um, and so we've been on like you know probably like one date every like two or three weeks or something since like the end of January, but like I was traveling, he was traveling, so it never really like picked up that sort of momentum that you sort of need to like turn the corner on when you're early dating someone um, until like coronavirus <laughs> hit, of course. Sorry. <laughs> so, I'm sorry for laughing. It's just like fucking of course, you know? Okay. <laughs> no, I mean, it is funny. Like it's like, we were always laughing and like talking about it. Like it, it is funny. So, so like that had happened. And then basically like in the last couple of weeks, like we were seeing each other, you know, a bit more regularly. Um, and I felt like, Oh, like we, you know, could act like we like each other and like we would actually, you know, be interested in like seeing what this would look like. Um, at which point, you know, we uh, both like New York shut down basically. Um, and so we both went to our respective families' houses, mine up in New England, his down in the South. Um, so we're like very far apart at this point. Um, and like at this point, you know, we were we had been on like eight dates or something like we had not defined anything like it was that's, very like, the, that's like the toughest like length of time to be going into this exactly like if it was like one date f- whatever like i'll never talk to you again no problem if it was like three months then you could have been like oh maybe we'll quarantine together for a little bit like we know what we're doing here like eight dates was like the weirdest um and and i think in our heads we were like oh, we'll both go to our parents' house. Like, we'll be back in April. No, like, just, this is just a bit of a pause. And then, like, we'll be back in the city, you know, at the same time. Um, so, yeah, so we, like, go to our respective parents' house and, like, you know, we keep talking and we're, like, you know, talking on the phone, FaceTiming occasionally, like, texting a bit. Um, and, like, conversations are, like, relatively sort of, like, you know, a bit more intense. I think everyone was in just like an introspective mood and like having a lot more emotions than maybe like you'd normally be talking to somebody about on like a 10th date. Um, so like for the whole quarantine, we were like, you know, chatting, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, and like, I can get into more detail, but like, you know, I'll, I'll give the high, uh, the arc first and then we can dive into the weeds. Um, but so we were, yeah, so we were like chatting and that was really great. Um, and then I think the idea was always like, you know, we were not totally sure like when New York would be appropriate to go back to, when we were going to live there. But we were always thinking like, well, you know, we'll be back in New York probably both of us by like January, you know, like at the latest or like fall at the latest. Um, and so, but then, and so then at some point we were like, okay, you know, if we're going to keep doing this, like we kind of need to figure out if we even like each other in person or not. Like at this point, it had been like three months of like a texting phone calling relationship with somebody that like we didn't have an actual like foundation of a relationship with together. So so then we were like, okay, well we need to figure out if we like each other in person. And that was sort of like a big discussion and like drawn out decision-making process. Cause I think we were both just like scared about sort of what that meant um, and like actually scared about traveling. Um, and so as we were like, you know, thinking about doing this, um, it feels so weird that this is like related, but his, his job is like in a very, um, like basically it's an industry that like cannot happen under current, current circumstances. And so, 
um, he found out that like his job effectively won't won't happen again in New York until like 2022. And this wow. was Shit. right. So this is happening like right as we were also sort of thinking like, should we just meet up and see if we like each other in person or not? Um, so then that happened and it sort of became clear like, you know, he knew he wasn't going to live back in New York for, for like the next year and a half. And so understandably, you know, he was like, ultimately, I think for him, he was like, it just seems really hard to like start something right now when I also need to like make a life elsewhere. Um, and so like, it feels too hard to sort of like start like a long distance relationship right now, which I really understand um, if with my whole heart, but like also was, you know, sad like to sort of have like the first person that I felt like, oh, we could maybe date like in a serious way in a while. It was just like very shitty timing to have all this happen. So too bad. I really feel for you. (laughs) Yes, the bummer part, not to like be like, this is awful, but it's just, it is wild amounts of circumstances. A friend of mine in LA who, you know, because we graduated from grad school and didn't have a job here yet, and actually yeah. it wouldn't have mattered even if she stayed. She basically met someone um, very close to when they were both moving. Sorry, I'm trying to get away, like identifying details. Moving yeah. away to different – to for things that they couldn't just like figure out. And I just feel – and she's like, I know this is nonsensical. And I just feel for, you know, anyone in that situation. But you, Olivia, it feels like way – like the hardest version because you actually had met up in person and like – Oh, I don't know. I'm sorry. It just, I'm sorry. It just sounds really like that part is a bummer. It's a huge bummer. Yeah. Total bummer. It's a total bummer. Like, yeah, it's sad. Um, It's sad. And it also like makes sense. Right. Like I, it, it, like, I wish I could actually be mad, but like, I'm really not right. Like I don't begrudge him. Like, I think it would be really hard to be moving somewhere unexpectedly without like, I don't know, without really having had a a plan to do so. And then also be like, and I'm going to start a long distance relationship with somebody 20 hours away from me. Like that doesn't feel like a real recipe for happiness in like the new place that you live in. So I totally get where he's coming from. But yeah, it's unfortunate circumstances for sure. Yeah, it's interesting going back to when you were kind of talking about the sweet spot of Mm -hmm. like going into quarantine. Like you were not just at one date where you could ignore it or even like – two dates where like you could probably still ignore or even if the chemistry was there yeah. but you also like I feel like there's yeah that three month thing like you have to for I don't know how people out there feel but I feel like it would not be a smart idea to quarantine with someone who you hadn't already been on a vacation with or like spent you know a chunk of time with so it's just but you had spent so much time especially in the grand scheme of dating and especially in d- dating in New York like that's a lot of dates um yeah. 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 It was a lot of dates, but like, I think only in like the very last weeks of it, did it feel like different than just like, oh, you know, we're getting sushi, but you know, I yeah. feel like there's a lot of throwaway dates early on. Um, but yeah. And I think I, the other interesting thing though, to me was that like, it was quite interesting. I think how like for, you know, whatever, two or three months that we were like talking a lot during quarantine, like it was interesting how much I think we were able to like find out about each other and like pretty explicitly discuss to like see if we would be compatible for the mm. long term. Like, and we got to like know each other quite deeply, I think, um, even though we weren't like physically in the same part. So that was sort of just like an interesting experience to have had, I think. Yeah. And especially, you know, whatever you feel comfortable sharing. But I'm curious, like yeah. in those deep conversations, because it sounds like you really responsibly as two humans talked about like, what made sense for your relationship going forward or like even you know reconnecting and making sure you liked each other which is super (laughs) smart and like how did those but I'm an awkward weirdo so how did those conversations look or come about yeah I think like we are both just like people who are like have a lot of interest in talking about our feelings (laughs) and so (laughs) um yeah so like we were pretty straightforward about it right like we had one conversation relatively early on when we were like when basically it sort of became clear like this is not going to be a two-week exercise of separation like we had to have a conversation relatively early on being like 
why are we just texting each other? You know, like, what is the goal here? Like, is your goal to really be in a relationship? Is your goal to not? And like, all of that stuff felt really weird to be talking about with somebody that like, I didn't really know a a ton before. Mm -hmm. Um, But like, we did have that, like, that conversation earlier. And then, um, yeah, and then like, I think, I just think like, we we had so much time on our hands to like, be thinking about stuff and like to what to our earlier conversation like I kind of think when you strip away like the distraction of like going to a really fun bar or like going to meet up with someone's friends or like going to a show or having all of like the sort of like normal mundane things about a relationship taken away like I think you just have more time to think about like yeah important top or like just not even more important but just like deeper more emotional topics totally yeah it's like real life love is blind like you are only it's only you two and your brains and like that's it you know it's it's like you have to just I don't know like find conversational common ground and that's kind of all like a lot of us can do right now even I think people in their family relationships, their more established romantic relationships, like whoever you're quarantining with, like we're all having to be like, oh, is our relationship different when you take away all the stuff around it? Yeah, um, like when you can't be distracted by like other interesting events that happen. It's like totally. are you interested in each other's brains, I think is the question. Totally, or when you don't have friendship groups, you don't have, like you're not filling your schedule with stuff to do and events and, you know, things, whatever. And and um, it's, it's definitely like, boiling down a lot of things to their kind of core but yeah it's it's interesting because it is this this whole thing is an exercise in like being honest about how you feel and being vulnerable and like admitting uh I don't know having to communicate where you're at um and dating is like obviously such a big example of that yeah for sure it did feel weird doing it like just like on the phone sort of in like a pre-scheduled way whereas I feel like normally those like more deep conversations would come up sort of like randomly in like a bit of a more like spontaneous way or something but yeah I mean you know totally yeah (laughs) how do you I mean do you feel like you're open to the idea of like continuing to kind of date in quarantine like have you had interest since you've been back and like or before you've been back, like, in getting on the apps and, like, trying to meet, like, have FaceTime dates or connect with people digitally? Yeah, it's a good question. I Like, s- sort of, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I, I've, like, opened Hinge and I've, like, swiped around uh, and, like, you know, I've, like, exchanged a couple of messages with people, but it just, I don't know, like, it doesn't, I, I keep thinking, like, what, is the point of this like I guess it feels just odd that like I don't think I would necessarily do a FaceTime date at this point like I think I'm back in New York and I would feel comfortable just like given where New York is I would feel comfortable like meeting up with someone and like sitting six feet away from them in a park or something so I feel like that's what I would do as a date but like I don't know that I want to do like six dates of that yeah (laughs) yeah totally (laughs) um and maybe that's just like not creative of me but it feels just so weird that like you know if you're gonna like kiss somebody like it feels odd that I'd want to like make them quarantine for 14 days before totally (laughs) totally and even here I feel like a consideration is like some people don't feel comfortable riding the subway or getting in any kind of like ride share or taxi like some people do feel comfortable doing that so it's so it's like you also have to have this extra layer of like almost consent of like okay we don't live in the same neighborhood so who feels comfortable with what kind of transportation and like what's it's like it's very complicated it's very complicated and it yeah it feels like all of those conversations just like take a little bit of like the spontaneity out of data yeah (laughs) yeah having to be like okay, well, I don't think, and it's a, it feels like I'm being judgmental, right? Like I, even just the idea that like some guy would be like, oh, do you want to go to like an outdoor restaurant or whatever? Cause they're open right now. Like it would be weird for me to have to be like, no, thank you. I actually don't feel comfortable going to those, but like, I don't feel comfortable going to those. So it just yeah. feels like kind of a weird way to start off something. And even totally. like, beyond, I, I'm thinking of, I just pulled up um, this cut 
post an article that was like, have you and your friends had the COVID talk? But roommates oh, yeah. too, like all about even beyond like, oh yeah, we all like, none of us believe it's a hoax. We're all comfortable with it. But like, I, you know, are you going to wash your hands as soon as you get into my apartment? Or like between roommates, like are if you're going on a social distance date, like, do you have to you have to ask your roommates if it's okay if you like kiss that person on the third date or something? Yeah, like like totally. I don't know. It's it's so intense. You can all be responsible, but at very different levels. Um, I think though it is proving you know, and we talked we tried to be more like the silver lining um, last week with Trey Ennis about quarantine dating. And, you know, some of this, like, just means you have to communicate, which is great. And all your relationships with friends, with people you're in romantic relationships with or dating. But and the on the other hand, I don't know. I've been talking a lot to my roommate here in L.A. about this. And just, like, I think 2020 is just a shitty year for dating because, I don't know, Olivia. I don't want to be – I just – it just seems really unfair. Dating's already fucking hard enough. But, like, even – you even – one could say you had kind of the optimal situation as much as the timing wasn't great. Like you already had met in person. So you had someone to talk to rather than go on those weird FaceTime dates. But still, this pandemic, and again, it is getting in the way of other people's lives in really major ways. I don't want to minimize that. But it 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 still derailed, you know, what you had going on. And it just totally. like, I don't know what the answer is. Like I don't. We've preached, you know, try the, the the preached. Listen, we're blessings and preaching on this podcast now. It's all happening here been, on this like, pod. we've been like so pro. Try a FaceTime date. Do this. But like the truth is lies and I aren't on the apps right now. And if I was, I just, I pretty, I know myself pretty well. And I don't think I'd be doing FaceTime dates just to be really real. I don't know. Yeah. I think maybe in like early quarantine, had I not like, been whatever quarantine dating this guy like I would have been a bit more into like a FaceTime date or like you know doing that just out of like pure boredom frankly Mm -hmm. but now it's like I don't it just doesn't feel that fun like honestly which is okay like maybe it's a six month break right like maybe that's not the focus for now um yeah also yeah I mean that's the tricky thing I feel like I wouldn't be opposed to a FaceTime date in theory it's just that like I would be frustrated by the idea of it only being able to be that type of dating for a while. And I feel like earlier in quarantine, we were all like, oh, maybe in two months we'll be back to normal. Like, LOL, poor baby us. But there was still an idea that, like, at some point soon this might end and then we can meet and it'll be fine. And now it's just like question marks forever. You know, so the idea of remote dating without it becoming in-person dating, I think is that would be the trickiest thing. Right. In order for there to be a payoff, you need to be like pretty comfortable with a significant amount of risk or we need a fucking government that can get testing ramped up quickly enough that it can be realistic. (laughs) I was going to ask you, Olivia, when you think you would. So I'm going to say something less like aggressively on my soapbox than normal. Basically, I'm thinking so many friend groups have now figured out their pods or will go to like someone's apartment. And by all the standards, yes, being indoors and like being indoors with other people for more than 15 minutes is like the most high risk. But if you're only with those responsible people, like I think people are doing that and like feeling pretty comfortable with it. And I don't think like those tiny small gatherings, like two people hanging out who are friends who have been really open with each other who live in different apartments I don't know that that's the huge problem again I'm going against everything I usually say so please be careful so I'm like in my head I'm like well if you met someone in person and you liked each other like there could be a point where if tests came back sooner than a week because my last test here came back a week later it was supposed to come back three days later it was really annoying um but you could both get tested and see each other like but to your point about testing when when do you think you would feel comfortable like because it's just two people I don't know but you're all interacting with all these other people like when do you think you'd feel comfortable yeah yeah it's a good question I think in my most like evolved self the answer is like I would pretty seriously want to like really become I guess like the answer is like I would need to it would depend on the person, right? Like if I met somebody who I felt like I could, we met in a park, like, you know, outside for a couple times and like, you know, from everything I could gather and we had a conversation about like, he was being as safe as I was being, generally speaking, like 
then at that point, like I, and you know, we had both like gotten a negative test at some point in the last 14 days or whatever. Like, Mm -hmm. I think then I would be comfortable doing that. Um, Cause yeah, I don't think that's like the biggest issue on like a public health, you know, from a public health lens, but it's like, personally, it would be a very big issue, right? Like yeah. if I'm alone in my apartment and I'm very sick, like I don't of love course. that. No, no, no. That's why I was like being a full devil's advocate to what I usually yeah. say on this podcast regarding COVID and like the angry things I post about mask wearing all the time. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, totally. But, but I think the reality too is that like, it's probably not fair when you, or not fair, but like, it's probably not realistic rather when you think about like single people just not like touching anyone for a full year. Like, I actually don't think that's like a realistic solution either. Um, so there needs to be some middle ground. And I think like, I would probably feel comfortable like going like a, you know, being a bit like in an apartment with somebody if I was like, he's being as diligent as I am. We're on the same page. And like his attitude was the same as mine. Like I would want him to be as freaked out by being exposed to me as I was by being exposed to him. Yeah. That's like, the same level of like anxiety. Same level yeah. of like anxiety. Like my friend. And also like, I feel like this has given me and my friends like a whole new like reason to not date somebody. Like my friend had been talking to this guy off of Hinge for like a couple weeks or something. And they had been planning like a picnic date for a while and so you know they're like about to commit to going on this like picnic date and like the night before he texted her something to the effect of like hey how do you feel about picnics and she was like you know great I'm so good at socially distanced picnics now and he was like well I don't think being on the same blanket is really social distancing and so then she was in this weird position of having to text him back and be like actually, sir, like, I don't intend to be on the same blanket as you. Like, we're going to stay six feet apart. And so, and so like the whole tone of this conversation just became very strange Mm -hmm. because like he wouldn't drop the idea that they're gonna immediately meet each other and like sit on the same blanket, which that feels ridiculous when I say it out loud. No, but (laughs) no, but it's true. It's like a red flag because you're like, okay, well, he's a casual attitude is a casual attitude. (laughs) Exactly. That feels like the same guy who would be like, I don't need to wear condoms. Like I got, you know, I don't need to wear condoms. I'm usually in relationships. It's like, yes. oh, did you see that on. Twitter yeah. meme? Like, now, oh, like the last girl I slept with didn't make me wear a condom. It's like, yeah. well, <laughs> fuck, fuck you and fuck her. It's, I, like, there yeah. there was a great Twitter meme that I will also fuck up, and I don't know who is who came up with this and I don't know if I have it anywhere but it was basically like when I see couples out and like the woman is wearing a mask and the man isn't I'm like oh I know who has birth control or someone he doesn't wear a condom and she has like an IUD or something or takes the pill and it was like again much more articulate I cannot stop referencing things that I can't properly credit today or remember the title of I'm sorry it was I was in the valley of of LA today to pick up furniture from like a Facebook marketplace thing and it was 102 degrees and I think like my brain is fried like it's truly 20 degrees hotter out there and I, I don't understand um oh my God. but anyway yes I think the conversation uh, it's it's you almost have to be like not uh, I saying like I don't want to make tone too much of a part of it but I think I would be very sensitive to the other person's tone or attitude yeah. maybe that's a better word totally. uh and, you know, those attitudes can shift. Mine has throughout this. And I felt kind of silly for kind of my hypervigilance at the beginning. But that was my own fear. And like, yeah. But I think, you know, if you're – it sounds like your friend and this guy were both being, you know, like good about communicating. But you can be good about communicating each of your feelings and then like – if you pick up on the other person's attitude being off, like also pay attention to that, I guess. Like, right. Yeah. And my friend said something to the effect of like, um, Oh, like he was like, Oh, we'll be on the same blanket. Won't we? And she basically was like, Oh, aren't you the risk taker? Like trying to give him a chance to, you know, like switch back. And he was like, well, I will take a risk, but only if it's really worth it. So tell me, are you worth it? And she Ugh. was like, Ugh, gross. oh, Jesus. Okay. So, yeah. Geez. So, like, he's obviously horrible. <laughs> oh, my God. I would have just been like, oh, sorry. No, I'm not. That's Block. what she said. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, my God. Yeah. She's like, I don't think so. <gasps> wow. Wow. Hilarious. Wow. Yeah. I, we, you know, seen slash heard that there were just, especially at the beginning of quarantine, so many trash people out there. Like, yeah. it's like the same things of people like going crazy about not wearing a mask. It's like all of you, you're all in that Venn diagram. Like, 
yeah. jerks on dating apps and people who are like beating other people up so they don't have to put a mask on. I'm just kidding. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, man. But in the same vein, I mean, just again, because like COVID has interrupted almost everybody's life plans in some way. Oh. How do you feel kind of just like more broadly speaking about what this means the, the the idea that you can't you probably won't be able to date normally for like at least a year potentially yeah. who I mean who knows how long but is that how have you been feeling about that in general I mean it's really sad honestly like I it's really sad because like I think as much as I complain about dating I it's also like a fun thing, right? And like, it's fun that there's so much potential in meeting a new person. It's a fun way to get out and do other things in the city. And like, I am, and like, I think that sometimes when I'm in quarantine by myself, I'm like, this is the best thing ever. Like I, you know, I can do what I want to do. But I think also like, it would be a vastly different experience to be quarantined like with a partner um, in like in a much better way. And so I think like it really has highlighted like, and this sounds so pathetic even saying it, but like it really has highlighted that like it is so difficult, I think, to be like a single person as you get older. And like this has made that feel even more stark that like, you know, it, there's just like not like a like if I got sick I would just be sick right like there isn't somebody who would just be taking care of me so like I think all of this like horrible stuff happening has highlighted that and then it just makes it like sad to think that ooh and that like probably won't change for a year you know like that's just kind of like the the sad reality of it um is like kind of where my head is at right now like it's just sad yeah no it's uh it is it's very (laughs) difficult um I think and I also just think the way the norm in our society is just so not geared towards single people or single adults, even though you're so young, we're all relatively young, you know, it's just, it's not. Um, and yeah, I just, I feel for you, Olivia. Not like, I'm like, oh, I'm so lucky because I have yeah, someone right. just to be quite honest. It's been a new adjustment. I'm very, very, very grateful. I've been so grateful to have him the whole time. I didn't see him for like three and a half months. And then it's been like, now we see each other all day, every day. And I'm so grateful, but it's it's another adjustment. Um, but I don't know. It's just, and again, this makes me so boxy. But like if our fucking government got their shit together and we had tests that turned around more quickly or we had a normal trajectory that had at least something closer to normalcy coming like if our if our curve yeah. was, yeah, regular. which is possible because a lot of countries have done it with yep crazy then then even normalized it's very achievable very then achievable dating would be much more realistic or or you know starting to talk to someone remotely all the things we kind of romanticize about quarantine dating would make sense because there'd be more of a a legitimate end date and because there's not yeah. it's just fucking frustrating and yeah yeah yeah, well, it's yeah i mean it's, it's, it's definitely sad like it's it's i think just like a hard thing to sort of think like either you need to be quite risky and like comfortable with a certain amount of risk or you just need to like chill for a year and like it makes me like sad to be like oh my god like okay, the reality is this would be like a year that I, you know, won't be dating or whatever, which is like, this sounds crazy, but I'm also like, oh my God, like I do want to have kids, right? So now I feel like this whole thing has pushed that back like a year minimum. Mm -hmm. So like that stresses me out in like a more global sense of my life. Yeah, well, that's the other thing is like we are all, like women do have to think about our eggs as much as we don't want to. But also (laughs) it's like these there are a lot of pressures and expectations put on women between like the ages of 25 and 35 in terms of like making these life steps. I disagree with the pressures behind them and with the uh, idea that they're like on a time clock, but you can't disagree with the fact that like our eggs are, are just what they are, you know? Um, But, but yeah, it's a, it's a very weird thing. I mean, like I said, for, for everyone in different degrees, like, everything you thought you had planned for your life you know it's like Kimmy didn't think she was going to be graduating business school in the middle of it it's like every all of those plans it's just like you can lay everything perfectly and then it's like nope fuck you yeah jokes on you (laughs) yeah it's so true it's yeah yeah, which is I have a related question I don't want to steer too far away from 
you, Olivia, and your experience. Yep. But I feel like you'll have an – it kind of relates to the kids thing. Do you, either of you – I'm just thinking about the future of weddings, or I have been recently because I've had some postponed weddings, but then one that was going to be a very big wedding that I was actually kind of surprised I was invited to. That's how – like, it. In, I was very delighted, but kind of like, oh, I didn't – that's a great treat. But that was fully canceled. She's like, fuck it. Like, I don't, I didn't love planning. I don't want to keep pushing it out. Do you guys think, like, the future of weddings is going to change? This is, again, a little bit of a topic turn. But I just kind of think, do weddings happen in the same way anymore? Do people realize that they're not, they don't have to be these big investments? I mean, Liza, this is relevant to you, actually, more than anyone. (laughs) I mean, it's true. It's a big question. Like, I, everyone is asking me, like, okay, when are you getting married? And... I'm just like, I I have no idea. I literally have no idea. And it's frustrating on the one hand, but it's also like, I do think for me, it's underscoring that like the wedding is not the important thing, right? It's like the, the marriage is the important, you know, it's like, that's what's what you're doing it for. So I don't know. I think that it's going to be interesting because I feel like I know a lot of people who have had to cancel, postpone whatever and they're freaking out as I would be um but at the same time yeah I I, it would be nice if this had a little bit of an effect on the like my wedding's the biggest day of my life and whatever like that I'm okay with that being a casualty of COVID yeah I I hope that it helps us all reconsider the ballooning of the wedding industrial complex which is something I found disgusting before this and like, I, this is offensive probably, but like, but I'm sick of, I'm sick of people complaining about their giant ass weddings being canceled or postponed right now. Yeah. Like I get it. It sucks. But like, sorry, stop planning your weddings right now. You know, yeah. this is not going to happen. Why, why were you thinking you were going to have a giant group of people together in August? That was not correct. Like, yeah, no, I'm sorry. Get married in a courthouse or postpone it. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I think to your point, Liza, like, I think hopefully this makes people think about like other ways to celebrate that are not like $100,000 and, you know, a ridiculous amount of time spent on yeah. them. Yeah. And, and I think they're like, yeah. Weddings are fun. I don't know. They're so fun. <laughs> I want tricky because I like still. them. I like them a lot. I like but them also, a lot. <laughs> something that I didn't realize, but I was having um, a nice, respectful, masked and distanced hangout with a friend. Yeah. Um, and... She was talking about how she was reading. Oh, this is a friend. This is Katie, who was a dater a while ago for like five dates and then met her now partner who moved in with her the week before COVID. Ella. And then they were like, oh, we're we're moving in together. And also, this is really, we are together now. But they're doing very well. He's a lovely person. Yeah. Um, So we were chatting and she was saying she was reading something about how in 19, the 1919 flu, like that going away plus the obviously like the end of world war 1 and the end of prohibition no was prohibition before or after i'm okay i'm taking prohibition out of it again here's me not knowing my my sources but yeah, no, the end of world because, war because it's the roaring 20s was after yes yeah, so, that makes so sense. the roaring 20s was like an out it was like an outburst after the spanish flu everyone thinks about prohibition and the end of world war one, but the Spanish flu was a huge part of it too because people mm. had been really worried and locked inside. So I also think, so she was saying like there's a possibility for another roaring 20s, right? Like in the next couple years, like when thing, when we are able to be back with people, there's going to be so much joy at being able to be together in the same place. Yeah. And so I think there's a potential for the whenever weddings can restart for them to be these really joyous occasions because everyone's just going to want to get drunk and dance and be with people like that's such a core part of the human experience so i also can see like you know people should just not complain because when they come back they will be so full of happiness true like potentially even more than before (laughs) yeah and joyous is like the key word there like weddings can be joyous i love going to weddings but i think something that a lot of people and then myself as a single person who wasn't even isn't even like doesn't feel 
super obsessed about marriage but just like had it in her mind that you plan your wedding it's a thing you think about when you're young then this like I wonder if all of this could like trickle down so that like yeah you just have a courthouse ceremony and then you have maybe a big party with your friends and then so when you have a 30th birthday party and you're single that's just another big party with your friends this is like kind of a wild theory I'm not saying never have a fancy wedding because I do like fancy weddings but I guess just like taking some of the you only get this when you find a partner like it's beautiful love is great but yeah the whole industry of it all I think it would be great if this could kind of pull pull back the curtain on that a bit totally or even like you don't you can re you can reinvent it however you want you do not need to like do like get engaged get engagement photos plan this plan that like like do the thing put your save the date put your engagement photos on the save like every single thing is the exact same like every you have to like you get your zola checklist and you check every box you do it's like it doesn't just doesn't have to be like that there's no reason (laughs) like people like being together and like eating and drinking and like like i feel like that's kind of the core of it And yeah, it's um, it would be nice if those kind of like that, because it also puts so much pressure on financial pressure on people, but also just like, I think, mental and emotional pressure on usually like the female in a heterosexual couple to like, yeah, yeah. to like become a planner for 300 people while doing your whole job. Yeah, that's yeah. And like everything has to be perfect because it's like it's that's the whole thing is it's supposed to be perfect it's like it's just like really it's not a thing that was what was so refreshing about my friend who canceled her it's even though I was so sad like for selfish reasons because it was sounded great but she was like I just hated the planning part so why just keep doing that for another year or more like respect and you save a ton of money like that's my commentary there just like I don't know that was a tangent I just thought you'd both have interest I don't know I just I've been thinking about that a little bit Sorry, yeah. Liza. Not that I don't want you to have the wedding that you totally deserve. And Not at all. You deserve all the I've happiness. been thinking about it a lot because truly, like, I'll have moments where I'm look like googling venues, and then I'll be like, "Why am I like? Why am I? Do- I don't even know when I can go visit. Like, visit these. I have extreme ambivalence about even doing this. Not getting married to my partner, who I love very much, but like doing <laughs> the whole goddamn shebang. Yeah, like that's you know. But it's uh, it's interesting. You definitely all of the stereotypes about like as soon as you get engaged like the like everyone asking you and like the pressures from like your family like everyone it's like that's what everyone's asking me even in the middle of this I'm like I have no idea when or where what are you talking about like what information do they think you have that they don't (laughs) yeah like I don't know what I'm what my life is gonna be in a month I have no idea like I don't know what I'm which, like, my industry coffee. is shut down like it's just like what so yeah that's weird yeah but, oh, but you're right I I, I want to walk back my extreme uh negativeness at no, the beginning no. negativity no I do a little bit because I the other like I think a good principle to orient around is like what who am I to begrudge somebody like some joy right and like it's fun to look forward to something in a time yeah. where there's a few things to look forward to. So like, yes, I hope the wedding industrial complex goes away, but like, yeah, I also look forward to a time when there's like really fun parties and you can see all your relatives and like you're, it's a really special night together. Like, yeah, yeah. I look forward to a goddamn open bar. Like I want to be on a wedding dance floor so bad. Yeah. I want to be drunk and dancing with both children and elderly people. That yes. is like <laughs> something I would like to achieve. Oh my god, Olivia! Yeah. I was going to ask you this actually before we even got here, but what are you most looking forward to doing when things like we were asking this of each other and some people at the beginning of quarantine, thinking it would be like in June, but yeah, you right. know, now it's July. But when things are truly back to normal, whether that's the vaccine or you know, so future, future, what are you most? What do you miss the most about? I mean, honestly, like a wedding dance floor. Like, I think (laughs) – no, I do think there's something so specifically fun about that that's, like, Mm -hmm. not, like, any other experience. Um, It's, like, a wedding dance floor, fun. Um, I don't know. I really, really miss, like, traveling. Um, I really miss, like, the feeling of just, like, landing in somewhere totally foreign and new to you and just, like, figuring it out and being confused, like – that sort of like adventurousness I really, really miss. Um, so I would, like that would be, you know, my, hopefully something we can get back to doing quickly, like I going know. to other cities and exploring them. 
Yeah. It's such a good thing to look forward to now that I've entered like, you know, non-school life. It's like, oh yeah, yeah, like I'm going to do working for a long time. So, you know, having travel as a vacation would be a a great perk. These are again, first world problems. I feel very grateful to have a job right now, but yeah, it's traveling. It's really sad. Yeah. Yeah. It's It's nice to be able to fantasize about though. I feel like the like, where are we going when this is over thing has become like a thing where it's just like, how wild fantasy can you throw out? Like, let's go to Tahiti. Let's like, play, you know, whatever. Like, it's just become a kind of happy place that I go in my head of like, yes. I'm going to go to Italy and eat pasta for 20 days and, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, Olivia, thank you so much. It's been amazing to catch up everyone was dying to hear from you so we're thrilled to hear about your quarantine yeah happy to share and And come back whenever you want you don't have to go on a date to come back we just we love having you so (laughs) (laughs) okay i'll come back when we have more listener questions you guys know those are my favorite i know i had pulled some and then we got too distracted so we'll do we'll we'll do a big mailbag yeah, we'll do a female bag in a couple in a couple weeks or something with the three of us. Yes. Okay. Perfect. Oh my yeah, god. Okay. Thank you, guys. you and everyone listening. We love you guys so much. Go on a date, but wear a mask if you do. Yeah. <laughs> Stay six feet apart. Be outside. Right. <laughs> You're grouchy grandmas. Exo. <laughs> Exo.